Chapter sixty three of the Titan by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In retrospect, the world is doused with too much religion. Life is to be learned from life, and the professional moralist is at best but a manufacturer of shoddy wares. At the ultimate remove, God, or the life force, if anything, is an equation, and at its nearest expression for man, the contract social, it is that also. Its method of expression appears to be that of generating the individual in all his glittering variety and scope, and through him progressing to the mass with its problems. In the end, a balance is invariably struck wherein the mass subdues the individual, or the individual the mass, for the time being. For behold, the sea is ever dancing or raging. In the meantime, there have sprung up social words and phrases expressing a need of balance, of equation. These are right, justice, truth, morality, an honest mind, a pure heart, all words meaning a balance must be struck. The strong must not be too strong, the weak not too weak. But without variation, how could the balance be maintained? Nirvana, nirvana, the ultimate, still, equation. Rushing like a great comet to the zenith, his path a blazing trail, Cowperwood did for the hour, illuminate the terrors and wonders of individuality. But for him also, the eternal equation, the pathos of the discovery that even giants are but pygmies, and that an ultimate balance must be struck, of the strange, tortured, terrified reflection of those who, caught in his wake, were swept from the normal and the commonplace, what shall we say? Legislators by the hundred, who were hounded from politics into their graves, a half a hundred aldermen of various councils, who were driven grumbling or whining into the limbo of the dull, the useless, the commonplace, a splendid governor dreaming of an ideal on the one hand, succumbing to material necessity on the other, traducing the spirit that aided him, the while he tortured himself with his own doubts. A second governor, more amenable, was to be greeted by the hisses of the populace, to retire brooding and discomfited, and finally to take his own life. Shy-heart in hand, venomous men both, unable to discover whether they had really triumphed, were to die eventually puzzled. A mayor whose greatest hour was in thwarting one who contemned him, lived to say, It is a great mystery. He was a strange man. A great city struggled for a score of years to untangle that which was all but beyond the power of solution, a true Gordian knot. And this giant himself, rushing on to new struggles and new difficulties in an older land, forever suffering the goad of a restless heart, for him was no ultimate peace, no real understanding, but only hunger and thirst and wonder. Wealth, 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 a new grasp of a new great problem and its eventual solution, a new the old urgent thirst for life, and only its partial quenchment, 
In Dresden, a palace for one woman. In Rome, a second for another. In London, a third for his beloved Bernice. The lure of beauty ever in his eye. The lives of two women wrecked. A score of victims despoiled. Bernice herself weary, yet brilliant, turning to others for recompense for her lost youth. And he resigned, and yet not loving, understanding, doubting, caught at last by the drug of a personality which he could not gainsay. What shall we say of life in the last analysis? Peace, be still? Or shall we battle sternly for that equation which we know will be maintained, whether we battle or not, in order that the strong become not too strong, or the weak not too weak? Or perchance, shall we say, sick of dullness, enough of this, I will have strong meat or die, and die or live? Each according to his temperament, that something which he has not made and cannot always subdue, and which may not always be subdued by others for him. Who plans the steps that lead lives onto splendid glories, or twist them into gnarled sacrifices, or make them dark, disdainful, contentious tragedies? The soul within? And whence comes it? Of God? What thought engendered the spirit of Circe, or gave the Helen the lust of tragedy? What lit the walls of Troy, or prepared the woes of an Andromache? By what demon counsel was the fate of Hamlet prepared? And why did the weird sisters plan ruin to the murderous Scott? Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. In the mulch of darkness are bedded the roots of endless sorrows and of endless joys. Canst thou fix thine eyes on the morning? Be glad, and, if in the ultimate it blind thee, be glad also. Thou hast lived. End of chapter 63 Recording by Richard Kilmer, Rio Medina, Texas End of the Titan by Theodore Dreiser